we will now continue with the last chapter, chapter 10, Parak Yud. We are finishing off Erevin. This is Lilo Neshmas, Esther Bas, uh, official Zev Wolf. Um, just to note that this is a long parak, so it has 15, 15 Mishnayos, so we're paying for the Mishnah of the previous time. Okay, for the short parak, I'm sorry, last time. Parak Yud, Mishnah Aleph. Hamoti Tfilin, if someone takes Tfilin, finds Tfilin out on Shabbos, Machnisam Zogzog, you can bring them into a private domain, pair by pair, meaning you can put on one pair at a time, bring it in, take it off, go out, take a second pair, and bring it another pair. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel says, Shnayim, Shnayim, you can do two at a time. The Gemara explains because the original uh, opinion follows the idea that Shabbos is Man Selenhu. It's the time when biblically you are supposed to put on Selen, but it was the rabbis who prevented you from doing so. So therefore, putting on Selen is the fulfillment of a mitzvah. But if you put on two pairs, you transgress the prohibition of Baltosis. Um, the, the Rabbi Gamliel says that no, Shabbos is not a time of tefillin, therefore all it is is like getting dressed, and therefore you can fit two pairs of tefillin on your head in the normal way, and therefore it's permissible to bring in two at a time. What are we talking about? Meaning those that are already tied and have the full appearance of tefillin. By new ones that still do not look fully like tefillin, so there's a concern that maybe people will think it's just an amulet. Potter, you do not have to bring them in, and you can leave them out on Shabbos. Matzah is if you find them arranged in a set or in bundles, so that you can't carry in as derech malbush, meaning as if you're wearing them. Mach you should wait by them until it gets dark. You may vim and then bring them in. Ubesakana, but if it's a dangerous situation for him to wait there, mechasan, you can cover them with something and walk away. Mishnah Beis, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Nastam lechaveru, vechaveru lechaveru. If you, when you're bringing them in, what you should do is give them to your friend and your friend to his friend. So this way, nobody is carrying a prohibited amount. Vechain beno, and also if he has a child in the field and he wants to bring him into a safe place, Nastam lechaveru, lechaveru, lechaveru. You can pass them from person to person, right, and until until you get them into safety. Afilumeya, even a hundred people, meaning given that you're carrying over a very far distance, no one person is doing the prohibited amount. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Nosan Adam Chavis Lachavero, Vechavero Lachavero, even if it's just about passing a barrel, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that you can pass from person to person. Afilu Chutzot Chum, even if you're outside the Chum, that is permissible. The Gemara says, Amrlo Losus Halik Su Yosim Rabbi Balaha, that this must go no further than the feet of its owner, so you can pass it. As long as the other person can get it, you know, in this minimal distance. Mishnah Gimel, Hayakar Basefer, Al Ha'askufa, if someone's reading a Sefer, so in those days they were all written as scrolls, as you all know, right? On a threshold, Nizgagal Ha'asefer Miyadov, the Sefer unraveled and fell from his hand, meaning he's holding on to one half, but the other half is rolled off the porch. Gagal can roll it to himself, even though downstairs is a public domain. Hayakore Baroshagag, if he is reading on top of a rooftop and this goggle is safe from Yadav. Sorry, in the other case, it went into another private domain. But in the, this case, it's rolling into a public domain. So if it's still more than 40 inches high off the ground, you can roll it because recall that above 40 inches, even in a public domain, is considered to be a private domain. But if it entered the 40 inch airspace, which is now in a public domain, you turn it around so the writing is facing the wall and you have to leave it there until after Shabbos. You turn it around to, to kind of show it respect so that it's not visible for everyone. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, 
even if it's only like a tiny amount off the ground, since it's only a uh, rabbinical prohibition, you are allowed to roll it in because it is it is holy. Even if it's touching the ground, because um because um um uh uh anything which is only prohibited rabbinically since one half is still in his hand in a private domain so it's not prohibited biblically is uh permissible to protect kisvei kodesh holy writings mishnah dalit ziv shalafnei achalon if you have a ledge in front of a window no stone on love and no to man you can put stuff on there and take stuff off but shabbos on shabbos it's not considered to be a problem of rishos harabim a person can stand in a private domain and move things around in a public domain. Stand in a public domain and move things around in a private domain. As long as he doesn't move anything more than four cubits. A person cannot stand in a private domain and urinate into a public domain in a public domain and urinate into a private domain and so too you can't spit that even when a person's spit accumulated in his mouth you should not walk for amos before you spit it out because it's considered to be carrying a person cannot stand in a private domain and drink in a public domain. Standing in a, in a public domain. And drink in a private domain. Only if he, if he places his head and majority of his body. Who shows that to the place where he drinks. And if you recall, we saw a similar law with regards to bringing cattle to drink from a well. And you make the fence around the well. Bechain begas, similarly in the wine press, uh, you have the same law applies. Call it Adam min hamazleicha. So if you have a drain that's pouring from a private domain into a public domain, and he wants to drink from it. People didn't really care about public health in those days, right? If it's as long as long as long as the stream of water is less than forty inches off the ground, he's allowed to drink from that stream. and from a pipe, and we call makam but from a water spot, he can drink in any manner. Um, okay. So, so um, the Gemara says, fine. So sorry. So the 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 Mishnah uh, continues. Barbish Mishnah Zayin. Barbish Osarabim. If you have a pit in the public domain, bechuyaso gavoa, and it has high walls around it. Asar tzvachim, forty inches. Halon chalagabav. If you have a window that's in close proximity to the pit, memalin himenu b'shabes. You can take water from the pit on Shabbos and bring it into the window because you're not going over any public domain because the roof of that divider is called a makam tour. Ashba Bershah Zerabim, if you have a garbage dump that's 10 tzvachim high in the public domain, uh, again, because now it's in the private domain, chalon chalagabah, if you have a window on top of it, shofchen l'sochen mayim besada, you can throw, you can throw uh, water out into the ashba because it's never going into a public domain. If you have a tree that's branches are drooping onto the ground, if you if the if the branches are no are not higher than three tfachim off the ground, so it's considered that they're connected to the ground and they're a mechitza. you can carry underneath it. Sharashav 
If its roots are gavom and arashol shtacham, if its roots are higher than three shtacham off the ground, lo yeshev aleim, you cannot sit on them. The reason is, is because sitting on a tree is prohibited on Shabbos because there's a concern that you can pluck something. But if they're lower than three shtacham off the ground, the roots are considered to be part of the ground and not part of the tree. And over there, they would be permissible to, to sit on them. Hadalas sheba if you have a door in the muktzeh, which means there used to be this alleyway behind houses and the door was something that was removable, like a like a shutter that you could take on and off. The chadakim shebepirza and the thorns and the breach of a wall, umachtzavos and mats of reeds, a nolam behem, elim, king of and arats. You cannot close an opening with them unless they're high from the ground because since they're removable, there's a concern you're going to take them from a public domain from the ground and place them into a private domain, which is uh, this area off the ground, unless they're high off the ground where this problem will not apply. A person cannot stand in a private domain and open a door in a public domain. Stand in a public domain, open a door in a private domain. Unless he has a fence that is 10 tfachim high. Meaning to say, we're talking about over here where you have a key in a public domain and you want to unlock a door in a different domain. So you're going to end up bringing the key in, and that's a problem. Different Rabbi Meir. Amrulo, they said to him, There was a uh, fatteners, fatteners market, meaning the ox and chicken place in the in Yerushalayim. Shall you know them that they would lock their stores? And they would leave their key in the private domain, I'm sorry, in the private domain where there was a key in the window that was on top of the door. And they would do that on Shabbos. They would have to unlock it on Shabbos. And the idea over here is because over there was only from a Carmelis, a, a not fully public domain, and that's why it was considered to be permissible. Rabbi Yossi Omer shook that it was a wood, wool dealer's market. It was not a, a cattle market. Mishnah Yud, Nagar Shahaya Birosho Glustera, if you have a bolt that has a knob at one end. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Rabbi Eliezer says, oh, Sarah says it's prohibited to use it on Shabbos, right, because Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi Matir, Rabbi Yossi says it is permissible. Amir Rabbi Eliezer, Maiseh B'Knesset Shebet Tveria, right, that there was a story in the synagogue in Tveria, Shayu Nohag and Behater, that they would, they, would, uh, they would permit it to do it on Shabbos. Um, uh, so, so that was, that. So, so over there they allowed. Said, and they said it was prohibited because it was an issue of moving it. That they, that they treated it as if it was forbidden. Um, so, so you know, there, there was a discussion about that, even though it was a cliche malach or it was a, a vessel which was used for prohibited things because it was a bolt that you would make part of the door. Right, since it was considered to be a vessel, there was a discussion whether or not it was permissible to move it. Mishnah Yud Aleph Nagar Hanigrar, if you have a bolt that drags on the ground, I mean to say it's attached to a rope and it's dragging on the ground. You can use it to lock doors in the base Hamikdash, but not in a regular place. The difference is, is because when something is attached to a string attached to the ground, it's only considered to be a, a rabbinic act of building. Because what biblically is considered to be part of the building. So in the Mikdash, we say that there are rabbinical in Shvus by Mikdash, that in the Bisa Mikdash, there's no uh, uh, rabbinical problems. In the rest of the place, we do have to deal with that. So therefore, 
Medina, it's Aser. But if it's not attached to a string and placed on the ground, Kanvokan Aser is prohibited here and there biblically because it's considered to be an act of building. Because you are you are putting this bolt into the house and it's not attached to the house, so therefore it's considered to be adding something to the house. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Hamutaha that even one that's not fully attached, since that's the place where it's supposed to be, is considered to be only building in a rabbinic sense, and therefore it's mutter in the Mikdash, but one that drags on the ground is permissible even in a even 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 in a uh, rabbinic sense, it is permissible. Mishnah uh, Mishnah you can return the lower hinge of a door in the base of Mikdash because it's not considered to be fully detached. Uh, because that's considered to really be adding the door into the wall and that's prohibited even biblically. Over here again, he is lenient and says it is permissible. Um, and 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 uh, it is permissible um, in the Mikdash and the, the lower one is even permissible in the uh, in, in the kind of, there's no rabbinical issue. You can replace a plaster bandage on a wound in the temple, but not in Medina. So the issue is that with these wound bandage on the wounds, they're made of plaster. So the concern, so the case is that the Kohen has to take it off before he does the avoda, before he does his service, because there could be nothing separating between him and his garments. So therefore, he took it off for the sake of avoda in the Mikdash, for the sake of work in the Mikdash. And as we mentioned, there is no, uh, there is no rabbinical prohibition in such a case. But in normally, there is an issue with uh, replacing a plaster bandage because we're worried that you're going to smooth it out and transgress the prohibition of mimareach. In batchila, but if the question is putting on a bandage for the first time, kanvakan aser is prohibited in both cases because he is not required to take it off for the service because he didn't have it before. So therefore, when he's putting it on. It's for personal use, not for temple use, and therefore he's like everybody else. Koshrin and Nima Bamegdash, you can tie a string, a harp string in the base of Megdash, Avalope and Medina, but not in a regular place, because again, there is an issue with, we're worried about making a Kesh or Shalkayama a real knot, but in the base of Megdash, you can do it because it was necessary for the Levite service, but in the regular place, no. In Batchila, but if you want to tie the string for the first time, Kamvikan Asar is prohibited here and there because they should have done it be. Before Shabbos, Chodchen Yabelas, you could remove a wart by Mikdash and the base of Mikdash of the low by Medina. But this is talking about where you're doing it with your hands or with your teeth. Um, it's only prohibited uh, uh, rabbinically because this is not a normal way to cut off warts. But if you want to use a vessel like a scissors or a razor, Kamvakan Asr, because that's considered to be prohibited biblically. Kohen Mishnah Yudalit, Kohen Chalaka Etzbao, a priest who was wounded in his finger. He can wrap some reed grass around it on the base of Mikdash because it's only a uh, rabbinical prohibition of Rufua. But not in the country. If he wants to remove blood, since that's considered to be a biblical prohibition, it is forbidden in both cases. Because um, it's issue of Chovel. You can pour salt on top of the ramp in order for people for the Kohanim not to slip. Can't imagine it was pleasant for them to step on though. Oh, because they were barefoot. You can fill up from the large pit. And in the base of Mikdash, 
you're even allowed to use a uh, water wheel in order to be able to re refill water. Liber hakar from the infestable day from the um, uh, uh, hakar cistern was also per permitted because carrying was not an issue. Um, the issue with normally using water wheel is that we're afraid that since it's so easy for you to fill up water, you're going to take enough to water you know, your plants and your garden, and that would be an issue. Mishnah Tezvav, Sharech and Nimtzah Bamigdash, if you find a rodent in the Migdash, which is impure. Kohen Motzi Behem Yano, the Kohen takes it out wrapped in his cloak. Shalo Lahasha, he doesn't touch it directly, but he takes it with, with, in, with a separate thing. Shalo Lahasha says, Atoma, that Toma should not stay long in the Beisam Migdash. Theory with Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Betzav Betzav Ashalait, since wood does not become impure, he should use a wooden pliers. Shalol says not to increase the amount of impure items. Mehechan also, from where can he remove it? from the inner, from the structure, from the from the inner structure, from the outer structure, and from in the courtyard, from the in between the ulam and the mizbeach. This is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Benanas. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Makom Al Shkigas a place where you are uh, obligated on its um, zadon on doing it on purpose. Karis, if you do it by accident, chatas. If you bring something impure or you walk impure into those places, if you get chopped up or if you uh, do it by accident, you have to bring up a chatas. Those places from there, you're allowed to take it out on shabbos. And everywhere else, you just invert a vessel on it, so therefore the impurity becomes confined to the airspace of the vessel. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Any place where the rabbis permitted, they have given you what was already yours. Because they have only permitted you something which is forbidden as a shvas. So what Rabbi Shimon is explaining is that there are two classes of rabbinical prohibitions. One is where they are trying to prevent you from doing something prohibited. So over there, he tends to be more stringent because over there, the rabbis weren't giving you anything. This is a real concern of you transgressing. But in the place where the rabbis instituted a new law, like Truman or other things, he is lenient because, you know, there is, you know, the, the, the rabbis, um, uh, the, 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 the rabbinical prohibition is kind of added. And therefore, he's more lenient. Okay. Mazatov, we have finished Mesechtas Erevin. And I'm looking forward to the next Masechta we do. And uh, may this whole Masechta be an Aliyah for Esther Bas Fischl Zavu.